0: What's going on, Buckeye Show fans? I told you I would do this. I appreciate you guys giving me so many questions and comments about this Buckeye basketball team. And this is going to be a a Buckeye Hoops mailbag edition. And this is an extra on the podcast feed. So thank you for listening to it. Please give it a little... Five star review if you think it's worthy. I hope you do, and write something down there too, so we could take the feedback and do some more things with it. I have recruited my mad about hoops buddy, Evil Bald Column, because he's here at the station today, and I saw how many questions and comments we got. And thanks for doing this, man. We can just sort of get right into it. we're gonna—we don't need to lay you chose out. It's a great time to do this, by the way. I know, right? Well, this is the re- The reason I did it was because of the loss last night. Because I. I'm not where most of the the fan base is Mm -hmm. being knee-jerky and rushing to judgment about Chris Holtman overall and his job status. But with these two really bad losses, I finally caught up to the concerned crowd. You can 100% be concerned.
1: I'm kind of with you on that, where I hold my, you know, future of the program mindset or ideas. Or the to the end. Even topics. I wait until the end of the tournament because yeah. you see so many times these teams go into, like, even their conference tournaments is like, an eight or a nine seed and then make a run in the tournament. And it changes your perspective
0: on the season. It does. I mean, you can't be on one side and agree that tournament runs are part of the big picture. And I'm with that. I, I wait it, you know, probably... He, more heavily what do you do in the tournament fixes everything and then you know your conference season what you do in your conference season winning a regular season championship i hold in very high regard so that's the next big next thing for me and then big non-conference wins just being an overall good team winning basketball games conference tournament is there too i like that but we'll uh, we'll go right to the the questions and the comments right here so jump in man whenever you've got something we can go back and forth you want to take one i'll take one start with my own worst tweet he chimes in the bucks have no rhythm or chemistry right now it's frustrating because they're talented but not tenacious i don't know if they're a lock for the tournament as of now how does holtman get the team flowing in the right direction what if what if a lot of the answers are i don't know because your own coach did three or four times about how they defend and even the offensive consistency we'll see on if they can get it right down the stretch but one thing clear Pretty much every metric you'll look at, they're a 100% lock to make the tournament. So I was about to say, they've had
1: to do something drastic like lose to Michigan, Michigan State by 20-plus, and then... Uh, get upset by, like, a Northwestern or Minnesota by, like, 10 or 15 in, in the, the Big Ten tournament.
0: For that, realistically, to even be a discussion. But that's how obscure it would be to happen. It's, yeah, 100% is 100%, meaning they could lose out. They're still in. Yeah. No one's saying that would be good. No,
1: they'd probably be, like, a 9. Could be a 10. <laughs> 9 or a 10. Yeah.
0: If you if you play that scenario, if they lose three in a row and it's bad, maybe a 9 or a 10. But that's still, you know... Not technically a bubble. If you're off that 11 line where you're the last four in, it's it's disastrous, though. We can call it that. Nobody would want to back in like that. What can he do? Get him flown in the right direction? Figure out the rotations at this point? Because we haven't figured that out.
1: Yeah, I, I just I, it seems like every single game I'm sending you a message of, I don't understand what they're doing with their rotation. I don't understand why Michi Johnson's only getting two minutes. I've heard some debates whether really is he playing to the height of his potential right now or not. That's up for debate, but the fact that he's only seeing two minutes and we're playing a guy that hasn't played in over four games, I don't understand the consistency with that.
0: Yeah, sometimes a coach tries to send a message, and you're getting late well, in the I year think, here. I
1: think Harrison Hookfin getting in is probably that message.
0: It's, that's a big message, and it's also about you didn't have any bodies, too. And that's true, too. I mean, you had Joey Brunk was the other scholarship forward. And he didn't look good, man. And Harrison got his scholarship I believe he did that's that's very cool that's that's neat and that's his first meaningful minutes of his career and they went to him it's just shocking when you see it that late in the year and you go to a guy like that so here's a good one Ryan Day's beard can we burn down the shot and I know he means with no people in it I get what you mean And play in St. John's. And there, I got a problem with you, Beard. If we're going to talk about an (laughs) arena that we love that's a classic arena, we got to know the name. There's no S. It's St. John Arena. He said they can't give tickets away. That may be the reason Gene makes a change, OSU, with a little dollar sign for the S right there. Now, we agree no one loves the atmosphere. Of course not. In the shot. It's an NBA arena. It, it is what it is, though.
1: There's a lot of different things under the surface that I don't think people really realize of why it wouldn't be possible to do that. And one of the things being is just there would be so many different type of renovations needed to just get the basics of the technology lifted in that arena to make
0: it even usable in 2022 for a full season. My thing with St. John is I wish they could have still done the game or two there to play in your yes, classic I agree place. With that. But I'm kind of the point now where I, I did want that, but if they're just not ever going to do it, then what's the point of it? So there are some things they can do. I'm thinking maybe 10, 20 years down the road here because they already sunk in money to the shot to renovate it. And it is nice, but it's just too big. It's really nice. They put the money into it. They built practice facilities. Their offices are there. It's just stinks when it seats 19,000 and you average 12, 12, 5. It's just not fitting to what the program's needs are. So with St. John, if they're never going to use it, it's a great place for a spot. You would just tear down or renovate, and you need a hockey arena at some point. And I'm hoping in the f- some point, a modern, nice, new but feels old basketball arena with the right amount of seats in it, like what you saw at USC right. f- a month ago. I'm
1: very curious to see, like if they do in some let's do a hypothetical world where they say the shot's done. We need to move on from it, move downsize a little bit. What did they do in the meantime? Because you're probably tearing down. That lot? Do you go and play it nationwide? Do you try to make it work at at St. John? Like, what do you do? It'd be cool to
0: play at St. John for just a year or two. Well, well, well I mean, but the, if, but if the you're technology you're using is an site, issue. But in, in this in this scenario, you'd be using that site, so you couldn't play in a in a place in a place that's being broken down and built back up. You keep, you keep playing in the shot. I mean, that that's the easiest. No, thing I, to say. I meant tearing down the shot, you're like saying, in a, in
1: a weird like hypothetical world. Okay,
0: okay. You're, you're tearing down the shot. I'm tearing down St. John Arena because I like that site better, closer to the stadium. Man. That's what I would say because I <laughs> that's tough. I don't see the need for the shot. I think that's the whole point of the argument, right? Get, yeah. No, get rid of yeah. that. Build where St. John is and do something. Play in the shot until you say goodbye to it and have a big implosion party.
1: It would it would rub a lot of people the wrong way. I understand. It's uh, To get it's, rid
0: of the shot? No, to get rid of St. John. Oh, well, but we don't use it. I know a skull that's, session that's there. A, that's the tough part that's about it. it.
1: That's the tough yeah. part about it.
0: Build something new, modern, but has the old-timey feel to it, and then you just
1: go forward and you love it. Well, that's what Baylor's doing. They're, they're going to finish, I believe, before the start of the new season, a smaller arena that's going to be more compact and more I love it. environment-friendly. Baylor's doing
0: that. I love it. Let's uh, move on here. Oscar, he tweets in, Why, how has Orrin's gotten worse Every single year. So there's some opinion in there, too. But we, what we can agree on is that Arns has not developed into a complete, well-rounded, That's offensive, defensive, mm-hmm. multiple-threat score. It's still shocking to see when he dribbles the ball and he goes into the paint. And he had a, a, a chance in against Nebraska, too. And he cannot even go up for a, a contested layup. And... Uh, some guys are what they are, man. I mean, I think this guy has has heart, and they like him in the program. He's a good team guy, good character. It stinks because I really wanted it for him, but it's tough to disagree. He's He started a three-point specialist, and four or five years, he's going to end a three-point specialist. And his defense, as was everybody's, was suspect against Nebraska.
1: Yeah, I was going to go with what you were saying. I don't know if it's as much as— Arns' play has decreased in terms of quality. It's just he really hasn't evolved into anything more yeah. than the guy that's going to be a spot-up shooter. And it's just, it's it's almost like it's ingrained into his brain. If he goes within the arc, it's, okay, I gotta get this ball to somebody yeah. else. It's, it's not my time to shoot the ball. I cannot shoot within here. It's just a real, I don't
0: really understand what's going on I there. Know, I know. You just, every kid who played basketball dreams of having that six-foot-seven frame, right? And like, oh, what I could do! What I could do, and how... Th- much of a threat I could be if I had that body, that build, that wingspan. And it's, I, I get it. The, the frustration is shared there. Craig goes, unacceptable. If this collapse continues, Gene has to consider a change. Haven't made it past the first weekend of the tourney with Holt. With NIL and the transfer portal, this shouldn't be happening. Rick Pitino, Muscleman, <laughs> Just, throwing names out there let's now. Let's not get too crazy with yeah. Pitino, <laughs> Musselman's a great coach. That's a, his buyout's that's pretty a riser pricey. right there. His
1: buyout's pretty pricey, just like Nate Oates. It would be it would be yeah. quite a task.
0: We you know, we could have these fun conversations and think about coaches, but I'm I'm not there. No, I'm not even right. I'm not there. Chris Holtman has has been a winner here at Ohio State. We don't like not going past the second round of the tournament. I get that. We missed a chance to see one of his teams, his third team. So we don't know. And that was a lock. That has to count as making the tournament. So he's going to be five for five making the big dance. I just remind people that is a thing. Like that is not, there are so many coaches that have not even been able to do that. But I get it though. It's not about just getting there and losing. You want to compete more in the Big Ten Conference, but he has a great recruiting class coming in. And like you said at the start, and I'm still on on that in your camp too. Or and I've I think more than most, I've been in the camp. I got to see the season end right. before then. We start talking about the off season, and even if it ends in disaster, like some people are saying. We're still going into next season. Then things maybe next year will start a little warmer with that great recruiting class that you have to see coming in.
1: Yeah, and that's a big reason why I think this isn't a year where you make a move like that. I think you're at least going to see what happens in the tournament. And then if you want to have discussions in the offseason, I I do agree if they don't make the second weekend, it's going to feel a little uncomfortable going into next year with some of the topics we're going to have to have. And the seat, whether you consider it warm or not, there's going to be questions about that going into the next season. But I don't think... After this year itself, they would make a move.
0: If you had to erase your mind of Chris Holtman and just said, this is the program right now, you have to go and hire a coach. And it, we remember, you know, having a coaching search. You went and you got a, a guy who showed some three-year, really, really hot three years at Butler with a sweet 16 run and I think played tough against North Carolina, right? So you got that kind of guy. You get that you're not guy getting, in June. You're not getting Billy Donovan. You know, no, like some people no, were thinking. No. I'm thinking you. You can look at a group of. We also forget about hot assistant coaches. It's like nobody. You can't do that here at Ohio State. I. I kind of get it. You, you like to think of yourselves as a, you know, top 15, 15 to 25 basketball program with the money you have, the backing, the facilities. I think like a, I think like a Porter Moser name who's in a big conference now. I know he just got there. From Loyola and what he built, but I'm trying to think of names that would be realistic. That's the
1: thing, though. It's not a very good, like, power six circuit if you're trying to find an upgrade. We get a lot of a
0: old dudes, you know? A lot of old dudes. A lot dudes. of old dudes. Look out at there. what
1: Louisville's doing right now. Their top guy is an assistant with the Knicks, and there's not really a whole lot of, like, college basketball guys they're looking at.
0: Yeah, with their search you're talking with about. With Kenny Payne, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting out there. I point I point to young guys. You'd like this name, Casey Alexander. I think is a name to know, with uh, what this guy was at Lipscomb and what he's building at Belmont. You talk mid-major names, right? With as like a separate category, that I think is a quintessential mid-major name. I also think Randy Bennett is a guy who. What is he? Maybe 50 age-wise. Not too old, right? Oh, I think he might be older than that. Okay, but outstanding.
1: He's been there at St. Mary's
0: forever. Yeah, he's been, he's been 20 years there, but I do not know if he started when he was 30 or something and isn't you know, too old. I don't know if he's 50 or 60 or something. All right, so we go to a forest sports burner. I didn't mind Sotos playing last night over Michi. We talked about Michi because Michi has been bad, but Holtman waits until the final week of the season to see if Sotos can be the second point guard. He's grasping at straws right now. Your thought on Jimmy and how they've, they've not used him.
1: Well, I think this just goes back to the the topic we had with Harrison Hook, Finn. You're you're trying to see if anything can work in that game because just everything was going wrong. I mean, your defense was horrendous, your offense was stagnant. Even Holtman said at post-game that the bad defense kind of melted into the bad offense. Like it was just bad all around and they had to try to figure out if there was guys that could make a difference and I don't know if it's maybe something they saw in practice within the past couple of weeks or what, but it was it was obviously big enough of a situation that they had to try something
0: new. Michi, when he had that mask, just wasn't giving you much of anything offensively, and no, I think there's no, some things there difficult. where we we talk, you know, some of the big, bigger problems from last night and what was said by Holtman in the post game about buy-in and team defense and guys not connected and knowing full well. He used the word terminal about his team. He used the word terminal about his team when talking about defense because one of the reporters, Bill Landis, who does a great job – said you know chris you know you follow this stuff you know like metrically teams that defend like this they're outside the top 100 in defense you typically can't be very successful and you're a good team like you take the complete picture you still have to call them a good team they were ranked in the top 25 this week now you factor in this loss they would be if we did the poll again right now they would certainly be out after losing to nebraska there but still it's it's a problem and uh Kevin Evans says if this team doesn't win a game or two in the tourney do we really consider a coaching change potentially we we've said no no not 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 yet no way not on that this off season chucks it to what mid major coach no, i gave you but gave that's you the Casey thing Alexander, is really is the one. only
1: way you're going to pull from anybody in this cycle
0: mid majors yeah it just yeah. that's what it feels like it will be just to it will be interesting to watch everything else that happens in college basketball. I like mean, we just, are those as, names as of today, we're going to learn well, about? Well,
1: as of today with the recording, we heard the uh, vote of confidence for Patrick Ewing down with Georgetown. Oh, my God, I
0: know. And he's
1: winless in wow. the Big East. oh uh, Why? And right? then I i, I saw uh, <laughs> Kevin Keats down there with NC State also got a vote of confidence. So it's just, I don't really know what hmm. the cycle is going
0: to look like right now, but it's, again, it might not be as busy as people thought. What's what's Keats done? Can I plug him in here? You bring up that name because I you think about a— I don't believe a whole lot. You, no, it can't be a whole lot. And that's. What I want to make a point there about Chris Holtman. And it's not going to make anybody happy because you're going to say, yeah, well, we're Ohio State. But that's that's a program that's on Tobacco Road, man. You're there tussling with UNC and Duke. I know about what things are like at NC State. Haven't been there before. And I do think that that's a they've – they've had a very rational fan base, and they would be patient with you when they understood the circumstances around the job when you took it over. But, again – He's uh, he's five years into that one two three four five and he had a hot a hotter start. He made the tournament in year year one. Gottfried had them kind of making the tournament, missing the tournament, out, yeah. making it, missing it. He had C.J. Leslie, who played with John Wall growing up. I remember, and I think they had a Sweet Sixteen in there. He hasn't made a tournament since his first season. Probably weren't making it in the pandemic year. They were they were bubbly twenty and twelve, ten and ten in the ACC and eleven and sixteen. Yeah, so it's talk about missing the tournament every year since year one. Chris Holtman's making the tournament every single year. Again, like I'm not telling you you shouldn't be frustrated with some of the things going on, but that's just, that's just how it is. Did I just take – I just went off of my, uh, my questions right there. Let me get them back up here. I, I sacrificed the questions for Kevin Keats right there, Evil. Why that's,
1: does that's about as college basketball as? It why, gets.
0: why did I do that? So uh, we move it on right here. We go to uh, let's see, Sir Buck Guy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when will Gene hold the basketball team to a higher standard? Big wins in the early to mid are cool, but what matters is if you win in March. Holtman's two and three in the NCAA tournament, four and three in the Big Ten tournament. That that ain't bad actually. It's above 500. His teams have never peaked come tourney time. Talk about peaking. They uh, well, when you peak in tourney time, yeah. that means you're making a run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. right. We need we need to make a run. We've not peaked in tournament time, but y- he's right. You know, I I do agree. It matters what yeah, your team does in March. That's why we got to see what what the rest of this March gives us.
1: I would like to see him be held to a higher standard, but I think that's just a mixed reaction if you go across the fan base. Some people say they don't care or they don't follow basketball as much and they're they're right. waiting for spring
0: football why to start. Why do we talk about the lack of atmosphere at the shot? Because there just <laughs> ne- doesn't seem to be that overall passion for the for the basketball Yeah, program. it just
1: it unfortunately seems like kind of a minority stance. And unfortunately, I, I, you and I are both a part of that stance of why we should be holding this to a higher
0: standard, but... Unfortunately, it's just it's not across the board carp says what do you make of the Holtman comment about? Defensive buy-in. Yeah, that's that was that was big
1: That was big at least to my myself and uh, the guys on Rothman and ice. That was pretty big to us
0: Let's uh, I wanna I want to get one of these comments here about their defense this was the part where uh, he said the Buckeyes won't go far Playing defense like they are—that en- like they are—that ends with him saying they could be terminal. There's very few teams that defend the way we defend right now, and really even advance in the NCAA tournament. That's the reality. We've talked about those numbers as a group, and uh, you know, obviously, we got to get healthy. That's a big component. We got to get healthy and stay healthy, but uh, if we don't defend and rebound, we'll, we'll be terminal. Mm. Yeah, and he did talk about. You're right, buy-in. Like, someone asked, what is the issues with the defense right now? Why can't it get fixed? Some of it's buy-in, some of it's, you know, team defense not being connected. What did we make of it? We made a lot of that.
1: Made a lot of it. And and honestly, it made me start to think of scenarios in that game against Nebraska where it might have came up. And, I mean, there were some drives that – these guys from Nebraska were having when they were just completely uncontested to the hoop and just throwing down tomahawk jams. Like, it was just – it got bad, sad at a point. Bad.
0: It was sad. It did. It got sad and embarrassing. Kurt says, what went wrong last night? And a follow-up question with a nice gift there, why do you bring me excuses? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost impossible to – Sit there at a press conference or discuss a team without some kind of reasons, justifications, if you want to call them excuses. All right, just give me excuses right now, right? But what went wrong last night? Everything. No Zed, no Kyle, no life, no defense. Eugene Brown's got to be better, man. Yeah, that was, that was that was a guy
1: defensively who I, I the lateral defense I think is what a lot of these guards are getting killed on because they cannot go from left to left to right on a drive and they're getting blown by and sometimes it just seems like they just kinda give up and in the lost. middle of it.
0: Lost lost as kinda, well.
1: Kind of give up on there was a one or verge you, went right around him and he just kinda like, Oh well, okay, he's right by me.
0: Olay. Yeah. Yeah. It was Olay. Don't give me any of this Olay bullshit. <laughs> It was Lou Brown from Major League. That's what that was. Damn it, Dorn, get in front of the ball. <laughs> so, yeah, and the, the fact that they're guards in the perimeter defense was a thing. The guards are quicker. You shouldn't be, you don't have fours and fives, you know, on switches out there trying to do the best that they can. You got a bunch of guards out there that should be quick and getting it done.
1: This. That whole topic and about the guards' defense really makes me go back and question what was the purpose of bringing in Jamari Wheeler if he's not going to excel at the one thing you brought him in for? And that's, I don't feel like he's played up to his potential. Obviously, on the offensive end, we've had questions and concerns about that, but defensively, I don't even feel like he's making that big of a difference anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, Matt Brubaker says, I'm not going to harp on Holtman. How refreshing, right? But watching <laughs> last night, Does this team still not have an identity? If so, what do you think it is?
1: The identity is that they're hot and cold. I mean, maybe more cold than anything recently in the past two games. But it just, you can't look at what they did in the Illinois game and then look what they did these past two and think there's any type of consistency other than that they're consistent at being inconsistent.
0: The identity is you're built around a fantastic player like EJ Liddell. Yes. They're a high ball screen offense that after that can get stagnant. And they're
1: it's like when they complete they, their first set. They're and not a Any type of team. offense, they kind of just are like, okay, that's it. Now go make the play, and we're gonna all stand on the perimeter, or we're gonna watch you try to back down a guy and put up the the classic Z hook shot. Like there really isn't a whole lot of built in other than
0: once they get to the point of what their offensive play was centered around. Jacob says and asks, why are the backups' playing time so inconsistent? Hard to gel when players' playing time changes so much. It's tough because the different injury situations that you weren't prepared for. And you can tell some things are going on with that defensive buy-in comment where that's affecting Holtman's trust with these players to have him in. So he's trying different rotations. I think that's, that's part of the problem. Then when Zed goes out, Kyle goes out. But I, I will say, you know, you want to have, even when you get to this time, you do so much talking about staying ready, staying ready. It stinks that Joey Brunk's been a part of college basketball for so long. And he's played at big places, from Butler to Indiana. So you've seen some really good players, played against good players. Mm -hmm. And he just doesn't – he's just not able to give you a whole lot on both sides. He also is, with his big body – it's lost defensively
1: well what I've noticed and when I've watched him at his time at Butler where he was a really good contributor like he looked athletic back then I think the injuries in the back stuff that he went through sure especially going to Indiana has played yeah. a big role he is not the same type of athlete as he was back in his early years back at Butler
0: Tim asked about the shot we kind of hit on that one we'll go too much more on that the atmosphere has to change can well, they make that happen Anything quick on the shot? Can they make it better with what it is? I mean,
1: outside of people showing up, there's really not much else you no, can do. No, you guys can
0: come to the games. <laughs> yeah, right, right? That's, uh... Can you, can you get, shut off the... Can you do the, the, uh, the curtain atop the uh, upper bowl? What, yeah. I, you know what? I had my idea yesterday. I forgot that I wasn't telling that to you. I was, I was sitting next to Pat Murphy at the game. We were texting because you weren't at the game. I said, and they would never do this, but my idea, general mission seating. GA, first come, first serve at an NBA-style arena. You want those courtside seats that are right there? Kick your legs out? Hey, show up early, and they're yours. No. Right I mean, when the building opens, camp out, whatever. How I, much of a I buzz would that I don't with that
1: at all. A lot of these small schools and small gyms, like I told you, with Pepperdine out there, it's all GA. Shake it
0: up, man. Shake it up. Ticket prices are all the same. Would that be fair? Uh, you know, 20, 25 bucks a ticket? I mean they're all basically 15 to 25 bucks right now anyways, side. yeah. Yeah, you yeah. could sit courtside if you want to come 2 hours early. So there you go. And Muggsy's Leaper <laughs> no. is Red Panda single. I won't say this the second part. I have no idea. Um, She's fantastic. Yeah, she though. is
1: very good. A very good performer.
0: Unicycle, throwing bowls on your head. Who would know that that could uh, have that kind of staying power? Gennaro says even Kentucky had a crap season last year. If you want to fire the coach, then we have arrived as a basketball school. Fans do care enough. Uh, Dylan said, what do you think of the fire Holtman crowd? I think he's a great coach that the Buckeyes are lucky to have, but the negative voices are definitely getting louder. It seems. And uh, look, I think we've, I think we've stated our case on that. We think the uh, talk about firing him right now is ridiculous. Uh, fully in on the concern about Concerned, where things and, and are. And you right can now. be upset. I think. Yeah. It, I think it and is okay, acceptable to If you're to a be real upset. fan, you can be upset without this team's playing down. 100.
1: percent And then, yeah. like I said, after the season, if they don't make the second weekend, and if that yeah. really is kind of the the marker for you, then you have every right to make that argument. I I'm I, still not
0: making that argument. I'm not currently. until the the next recruit, because you're making the tournament. Right. You're going to make five straight NCAA tournaments which is an accomplishment and you need to get to the next level now. So I, pr-
1: I personally would say the pressure is on next year. Though, the pressure if you will do be not on. make the second yeah. weekend.
0: If you don't make the second weekend, or if you lose in the first round, the pressure is going to be even more when you go next year. So we'll get to some of the final ones here. These have been great. Well, Beamer <laughs> Brandon beam from morning juice. He simply asked to my question when, when I told everyone I was going to do a mailbag podcast, anything you had to ask or say about Buckeye hoops. He just simply said, Why? Well, and I, I could think of, I could think of, uh, from the dark Knight. Why, why was I going to say Jeeves? It's Alfred for God's sakes. You imagine if Batman's Butler was Jeeves? No, Alfred, some men just want to watch the world burn. That's why. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> so, uh, Tate Martell fan club. Why won't they let Brunk cook? Because I don't think cook. We talked about Brunk, cook. yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, why is there such an emphasis on fatigue by Holtman? Tournament schedules will be similar, if not more demanding. And other Big Ten teams such as Sparty have a similar schedule down the stretch here. Sparty does have the tougher one this week because they played on the road and got smacked. And now they got to come on the road to Ohio State. But I just, I think it's just stating facts. You know, it's they, a, you it's can, a fact, but you're you can, can also. Yeah, you, you can you, say don't use it as yeah. an excuse, but we're just stating it as a fact.
1: Yeah, I think it's 100% a fact. And at the same time, yeah, you don't want to use it as an excuse. I think we can acknowledge it and also keep it separate. We've got Matt. Uh,
0: Matt, how would you say that? Cremeen? Sounds about right. Cremeen, C-R-E-M-E-A-N. I've seen you on there a lot, buddy. Thank you for listening and tweeting at us. Do you think this team's lack of aggression is because we aren't getting guys who have that edge? Or is it being coached out of them? I am... I like that question. We need more nastiness in this program. EJ and Kyle are guys like that. They are guys like that. Eugene hasn't been enough of that guy, mm-hmm. knowing that he's a defensive specialist.
1: Well, I think it's just the, it's the underclassmen haven't really gotten that confidence yet to get that edge. I, I think that's just yeah. a, that's part of their development process
0: that hasn't really clicked yet. Malachi. Except for be, Malachi. Well no, well, no, let me tell you about Malachi. The offense is what it is. We've seen that. He's gifted. He's absolutely gifted there. But to be an everyday player in the NBA, if you're thinking of yourself as a lottery pick, there's a lot of room for improvement. And I mean a lot because the nastiness and the strength is not there yet. Right? Being a two-way player, being a F you, you're not scoring on me. Get out of my face. I'm going to send the shot away. I'm going to play straight-up defense on you. I'm going to score on you. I'm going to take your lunch. I'm going to date your mom. You know, all that stuff. That's not that's not there yet. Rebounding every ball in his sight? No. It's not yeah, there yet. Yeah, I think
1: these last two games have kind of been an eye-opener for that whole dialogue we were having about an early entry.
0: All right, so uh, Gennaro again says Nebraska was actually running plays for their guys. Exploit what they do well. Don't forget that we probably should have lost that first meeting. Yeah. Andrew, this was a response to Andrew saying, could the fact that it's been strictly the Malachi EJ show contribute to the role players checking out and losing that, quote, buy in Holtman referenced in the presser. And that was about defensive buy in that we talked about, which that's a keyword. You hear a word like buy in or two words, a contraction hyphenated word. It is alarming to us. That's a good question.
1: That's a very good question that's I, I don't think the better I've ones. of that.
0: Yeah, that's one of the better ones where these guys are getting so much of the attention, so much of the love. But again, I, I put it on the guys to say, please step up. You know, you want to be a part of this. There are a lot of you. EJ and Malachi are only two starters, man. You could score more points as an offense. By all means, please, somebody step up and take advantage of getting to be a starter for a Big Ten basketball team. I
1: think the mindset of funneling through them has kind of been such an apparent process for, the, I would say, the last couple of weeks here that maybe something kind of crept in. But I, I don't know. That's kind of just... You had to be around the team and in the program yeah. to really get that
0: sense. But I mean, if you watch visually this
1: past game, maybe you're getting that you're picking that up.
0: If that's the case, I blame that on the players and not Holtman. Sure, absolutely. If, if they're offended by Malachi and EJ being great cuz that's what do you want them to do? That's what everyone plays the game for, right? That's <laughs> just the
1: team aspect, man. Sometimes you got to put you got to put the pride aside for the
0: team goal. Better X. Yes, I've been seeing a lot of Better X. <laughs> On uh, Twitter lately, he's in the negative Holtman crowd. That's for sure. That is for sure. We know that. You treated me like I was insane for saying this. What would their big record, Big Ten record, be without EJ? Four and fourteen, maybe. Uh, I don't want to nah. think. I don't want to think about it. And he said, "But here's what he said: I treated him like a, he was insane for saying this. EJ coming back might have saved his job, honestly." And I just th- see, I can't get there because. If EJ and Dwayne were lost and Justice Suing couldn't play this year, that massively would have changed expectation. You wouldn't have liked what the season would have been, but the expectation and the understanding if they had a really crap year would have been completely different.
1: Yeah, so I'm thinking back to when that would have been February 13th of last year. So put yourself in that mindset. You lose both Dwayne and EJ, so you're probably looking at a, almost a complete... Overhaul, if you wanted to, even through the transfer portal. I think their their way they went with the portal would have been a lot different if you lost both of those guys versus losing just one. It's a it's a weird hypothetical to look back on. I don't. I mean, now that we've seen the data and what it looks like and how important EJ has been to the season, uh, I don't want to think about what would have been like if he wasn't here. But at the same time, I think their approach to the offseason would have been a lot different if EJ had not come oh, back. Oh
0: yeah, you would have. You would have had. Some uh, some more people here. Yes, you would have had a different type of transfer player, but I'm and you with would have been you. able to
1: sell that. I mean, you're you're selling that to a you guy that's that, coming yeah. in. Like, hey, we lost our two best scorers
0: last year, man.
1: This you come in and you can be the guy if you wanted to.
0: You would have and Remy with with, with suing. Remy Martin was a guy that you brought up a lot. You know who Kansas went and brought in, and he was he wound up being a transfer player. That was then, and that's kind of shocking to see a transfer player coming in to a new conference where player the of the year, ball's a little different everywhere, you know? And he was player of the year, and he's just And now he's, he's a role good. player off yeah, the bench. He's, a, he's good, but it's, it's not even close. I mean, you had Ochai Abaji in that league, and all these dudes for—I know Baylor had some turnover, but I mean, come on, with Texas Tech and what some of those schools were, were bringing back, you pick him as player of the year, but he would have been that kind of guy, like one of these high-level scores from a big program— if you lost an EJ, but yeah, it's, you don't want to think about that. And it's, it, it was tough just losing Dwayne as it was. Cause you went from, you had these different scenarios where if you had both of them back and justice healthy final four caliber team, oh, that was right there. Absolutely. I thought even with, you know, Malachi coming in and justice being fully healthy and Seth being fully healthy, I thought this could finally be the year where Seth could be like a sixth man like a six-man-of-the-year type guy at 6'8", who can rebound, hit shots. I thought with all that, their ceiling, what I said from the beginning was they'll kind of feel each other out and grow a little bit and figure out how they play without Dwayne, but the ceiling would get to Final Four caliber, but we never saw two of those three parts that I just mentioned. So
1: when we go back to talking about the transfers and how they might have not have played up so far to the ability we thought they were going to, I think that's why you're feeling the impact of losing Dwayne Washington. I think at least losing that point guard that you're gonna trust in that can not only just play defense, but he's gonna give you something night in and night out on the offensive end. That's been probably one of the biggest missing pieces of this Buckeye team.
0: All right, Jacob Reimer, a uh, good guy here. He's doing one of his own podcasts. I've spoken to him many times. Thanks for tweeting in, buddy. Majority of the games are won in March because of the guard play. Yeah, OSU lives through EJ and he's going to get his, but do you think the guards can win games for the Buckeyes in March? If so, what guard do you think needs to step up the most? Great question. A hundred percent, the confidence is waning on that. So I, we've seen guys do it and step up. But do you like to live dangerously? I'll stay. I suggest you hit, sir. You have five. No, I'm going to stay. It feels like it's, it's such a gamble right now with Cedric hitting shots and having that game. Justin just having a hot game where he gets some open looks from three and he's making four out of five. So I don't I don't have the confidence. Malachi is no. your guy that has to continue to play great, and if he has an off night, it's dangerous because you just don't think you're going to get that from Michi anywhere you know down the stretch. Which I think is one the of the mask. bigger
1: disappointing things. You were really high on him coming into this year. I thought he was going to be great. And I think you and I in the preseason were going back and forth whether we thought maybe – Michi Johnson takes the one to start and maybe Jamari comes off the bench or I was thinking maybe Cedric Russell's the one like at some point I think it could be Cedric Russell but I've been waiting for him all year to kind of take the role and play more than 20 minutes in a game like and he's done it here and there and he's had some good games especially in that Duke game but the consistency of the guard play is what really what's been bringing you down. And it goes back to why you're missing Dwayne Washington so much as well. He did have some games where he was, he was inconsistent. He was still
0: consistent as the season as a whole. Last one in this Ohio state basketball mailbag show. (laughs) Call it a little podcast exclusive show here. We got to everything. Gennaro once again says in order to get out of these scoring droughts and stagnant off offense, Do you think OSU should run more fast breaks and my favorite subtle offense? The secondary break. Nice. Nice. There's no flow at times. Oh, yeah. OSU needs a true pass first point guard. That'd be nice. I love, all this. Valid.
1: Yeah, I love this question because this is something that they brought up in the broadcast of the Nebraska game. And then I've thought about it all the years. They're one of the slower teams in tempo. I think they're in I the bottom 200s. Too. They're just almost, they're almost in the 300s in terms of tempo again, pace, their pace, tempo, possessions. They're, they're, they're just per game. not, I don't know if they're not looking for it or if they're just coached to kind of play a game at a slower pace. But I, I would like to see that more because I think you're going to get yourself easier bucket
0: opportunities doing that. They clearly are. This is, who you are, you know. You don't just that, get that too. You don't get to being in the rankings like that by accident. They are, and look, this is a lot of what fans don't like when it doesn't go well because when guys aren't, this is an offense that's designed to get some of the better individuals their scoring opportunities. Right? There's not a whole lot of like back cutting to the basket. It's not like that Princeton offense. It's no. high ball screen. And it's letting like your two studs kind of go toe to toe and try to get their buckets and get their shots, and having a guy that can maybe chase down offensive rebounds like Kyle Young when it happens. It just, and the way they defend, Colin. That's the thing. Defense breeds fast breaks. That's that's a big point. But you also have to have guys that are willing to put the ball on the deck and go hard, which I think we're lacking. You know, and I think there's there's two things that are missing: not having those guys. And EJ's not the guy really that can put the ball on the deck and just go hard. You know, that's the one only element out of his game is being ball dominant on the dribble. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it
1: has to play a lot with his handles. I, I think yeah. that is, that is a big factor in that. And you usually see whenever he's making a run to the basket with the ball, it's usually one of those little hop steps he does into the lane. And then he goes up into his shot. Like he's, he's not as comfortable with the ball in his hands in terms of on the perimeter or making a drive to the basket. But, yeah, no, you, you nailed it with the guards' play. And I should have thought of that when I said we need to improve that. That is key. If you don't have the guys that don't have the confidence to do it, it's not going to be affected if you try to do it. And I think there was times, especially in that Iowa game, where Iowa kind of sped them up a little bit and they felt, they looked at least, they felt
0: uncomfortable. Well, everybody, appreciate the questions. We took them all, tried to answer them all to the best of our ability. Well, you're going to skip the last one? This one just came in two minutes ago. <laughs> What are you doing to help this team win? (laughs) The people are talking. Out of bagels tweets in. (laughs) Timmy, what are you doing to help the Buckeyes win? I'm doing everything I can, man. And so is Colin. We're here for the people. You know what? Whatever we can do, we're more than willing. If we need to go over there and get dunked on, you know, by all means. What's some of the... uh, what were some of the greatest, like, nut shot dunks that happened? I feel like uh, Greg Paulus had Danny Green's nuts to the face on a great dunk.
1: I know the you other remember night, that one, uh, Yaka, oh, Carolina yeah, Duke? I just know a couple of nights ago, Yaka Pertle got it from uh, John Morant. So we, yeah, have, we, yeah, have, we, we right. have recent.
0: Well, Ja's going to give it to a lot of people, right? Ja's going to mm-hmm. give that to everybody by the time his career is done. But whatever we can do, uh, we would we would absolutely do it. So we'll cut it there. That was uh, a good hefty bit of Buckeye basketball talk. That's what it's like when you lose to Nebraska at home. The concerns are real.
1: The uh, The concerns are definitely real. And I, I said this last night, especially if you're a fan of the sport, don't let this impact your care or your want yeah. to or getting into the madness. Like, yeah. I, I understand it can be difficult if, knock on wood, this team makes a good run. But if they do get eliminated, like, I, I don't want that to take away your your enthusiasm
0: to watch this game it's hard it's hard though i mean i think that's human the enthusiasm is going to go out a little bit when your favorite team goes out of the tournament and if you're a diehard college basketball fan like us maybe you get into the player pool right you draft your team it keeps you interested i encourage that it's fun you got your brackets going on it's still it's still a great fun tournament even when your team goes out and it's it's never deterred me and i'm you know, a Kansas alum, and love this Ohio State team, and it's it it gets really really hard. I like doing the broadcasts around the games. You know, it's great, and when that goes away, it's like ah, uh, the end of the season is just so abrupt because you get that extra week. You know, you win a couple games, you get an extra week to think about. If you lose that first one, it's just you don't even get the That's weekend. The
1: toughest part about this That's sport tough. Man, is it yeah. just
0: ends abruptly. Yeah. That first round feeling is just nasty. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. This uh, has been a little Ohio State basketball mailbag exclusive on the Buckeyes Show podcast feed. Thank you so much for checking it out. We will see you next time on the Buckeyes Show. Have a great one.